Welcome to Campfire Football. I'm Sebastian North. And today, and for this whole week actually, I'm going to be doing the United Soccer Coaches Convention series of podcasts. I will also wade in on things that are happening in world football, any interesting stories I see, but I am currently attending the United Soccer Coaches Convention. So this is uh, our overall our coaching organization here in the United States annual convention normally it's pretty cool it's in a huge convention center and there's a few different fields where they run sessions and you can watch them there's also futsal courts where you can watch futsal related sessions lots and lots of talks panel discussions q a's and then of course like exhibitors and all kinds of other things like that so this year it was supposed to be in anaheim but because of the virus of course it got essentially canceled but reworked completely and now it's totally online so it's actually really cool because they did these they taped these calls zoom calls and discussions and they're now releasing them at certain times where we can go in and watch them sort of live with a bunch of other people you can put in comments and questions and then at the end of the that um, taped discussion they'll also have a couple of the people there doing you know holding panel and being able to answer some questions that we have. So it's pretty cool. They've got really big names there because they're able to do it virtually. So people from the European leagues are actually able to really chime in. And so today I watched a really fun, uh, two really, really fun discussions. The first one was Crystal Dunn, Tyler Adams, Jordan Morris, and Kelly O'Hara. And it was really fascinating. They basically just talked, uh, answered questions, mostly about adversity and how to overcome things, not just that happened this year, but different lessons that they learned and takeaways basically from 2020. And I know that sounds a little bit pedantic, like, okay, well, everyone had the same kind of, we've heard all this a million times before, but some of this I thought was kind of interesting. And they also touched on a different topic that I think is really important for especially youth players and any coach wondering how to get the best out of the kids that they have around them. So first of all, they talked about sort of moments of adversity. I think Jordan Morris talked about how when he had his ACL injury a couple years ago, he struggled to figure out how to keep himself busy and how to keep sort of developing himself as a player during that time of being injured. And he started to really learn how to analyze game tape. And so during the COVID break, he was like, Okay, cool. I'll analyze game tape. Tyler Adams actually said pretty much the exact same thing, that he was able to spend a lot more time analyzing different parts of the position because he plays for RB Leipzig. And Julian Nagelsmann is, let's just say, very fluid about the way he sets up his team for games. They do different things all the time. Tyler Adams mentioned, I basically play a different position every game in some way or another. And it's based on what we do to try to approach different games to you know hit the opponent in the best way we can. And it was really cool to also hear all of them mention how they used the time to sort of recraft their own training program and their own little fitness program that worked best for them, but also work on individual pieces that when you're in the full flow of training for hours and you've got to go rest, recover, and then come back, you maybe don't get the extra hour, you know, a day or extra couple hours a day that you want to work on something very specific. Um, I thought that was really cool. Crystal Dunn talked about how nice it was to actually have a break for the first time in a while because remember they won the World Cup and then it was kind of like this whole victory lap tour thing that kept going and then she believes cup and then 
bang, they stop. And so she was like, it was kind of nice to finally have a break. And then hear her also talking about creating her own training program that really worked for her. You can tell she's much more individualistic about it. She was like, it was nice to not have anyone tell me how to do it, have a coach say what to do. I could focus on myself. And kudos to these pros, right? They, they do understand and know their bodies well. The ones that do are the ones that can stick around and play for years. And then I thought the one of the other things that was interesting, Crystal Dunn, Kelly O'Hara, they're both players who have played in all kinds of different positions for club, country, and they still, for their, they, they rarely still play only one position. And they talked about how important it is for them to have learned all these positions. They do prefer being able to be settled in one but the fact that they can play multiple has actually given them opportunities that they maybe would never have been able to have and they maybe would never have achieved the things that they have. Maybe not been in the starting 11 for a World Cup winning team if you're not willing to be flexible and change your position. And Tyler Adams echoed that saying, you know, for young kids, the more positions you can play, the more likelihood you have of playing. Now, me as a coach, I struggle with this. I've got a lot of kids who they do not want to play outside of a couple different roles. And sometimes they would actually rather sit and just play their favorite position than to actually just be on the field doing whatever. And I think it's it's it was great to hear some pros talk about that and really, you know, really go through the I mean, it, we we take for granted the versatile people. And I'll give you an example of one that is still just not considered a legend maybe, but James Milner deserves immense credit for what he's done in his career. The fact that he was able to come into a Liverpool team and be in a crucial piece of the puzzle, right? Like his penalty-taking record is unbelievable. The guy can play pretty much anywhere you really need him to because he's capable of doing anything. And that's bought James. that got James Milner a Champions League medal because if he was not versatile like that, Jurgen Klopp would not have signed a player his age to just be a solid penalty-taker or right or left back. No, he got him in because he could do a lot of things and he's a leader. So the second uh, thing I watched was really great. It was dynamic investment in women's football. And I'm interested in this because Esmeralda Negron, who she and Hannah Brown started ATA Football, the broadcasting uh, channel for women's football, they were on, she was on this call. And so I was really interested in, in what she and the others had to say. And I mean, all of these women were incredible. I mean, they, they work at the highest levels of things. These are people who are building Angel City FC in LA. Um, I think Skate Naf Singer, she was she, she has a huge role in that, has worked in different sports. Uh, Carmelina Moscato was the one who uh, was hosting it, and she asked some really, really good questions that I think it's, it's rare to hear a facilitator and a host ask really quality questions. So, I really enjoyed just hearing what she was able to pull out of of um, all all the speakers. And uh, Ashley Fontes Comber was on there, uh, and Angela uh, Hughes Mangano. Now I didn't know who many of these people were, and basically these are just women who work in the game. They 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 work in the game at high levels, and they're making stuff happen in terms of growing it. So I recommend any of you to go and 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 research what's going on. CBS picked up the NWSL here in the U.S. And ATA football is bringing us football from different leagues around the world. And the idea that was most commonly conveyed by them was community and how important that piece of the cultural side of growing women's football is, that that is the piece that is most needed. 
in order to actually advance the game. And I, it made me realize, you know, there's a lot of girls that play soccer and that played soccer when they were younger. But once they got done with high school or they stopped playing in college, unless they made it to really high levels, the vast majority of them kind of walk away from the game and never really get involved in it. Um, for whatever reason, I think there's a lot of women that don't really feel like they want to be a part of, you know, sporting organizations as a career, maybe. But I think there's many that do. And so then the question is, why are we not seeing more of them? Well, my hunch is that we make the game, we turn it into a pressure thing at some point, a big thing about pressure and responsibility and winning. And there's a lot of kids that when they're 12, 13, that's been fun for years. And now all of a sudden you're telling them, no, now it's a little bit different. It's more serious. And some kids just don't want that. They don't operate well that way. And that is what will get them to leave the game and never turn, never come back. So what they really talked about, how important it is to build, you know, a culture really of community where everyone feels like a stakeholder. And that was basically their, their call to action on this whole thing is, Basically, get yourself out there and just help give opportunities to people if you have the power to do it or just start conversations, bring people together, see what happens when the friction of people wanting to make something happen or see what can happen if they put their energy together and they put their minds at work. Uh, look, the girl, the women's game is is exploding still. It has enormous amounts of room to grow. The future's huge. So also think about that, everybody. There is This is a good time to get involved in something that is in its infancy, growing at a massive rate, and hugely positive for the game, right? So I'm going to continue to talk about women's football on this podcast. If uh, it bores you to tears, I'm sorry for you. I really hope that you can find a way to enjoy it because – it's it's excellent. The quality has been really, really good from from all the leagues that I've seen, all the matches I've seen. The national teams are getting better and better. I went to the World Cup in 2019, and it was fantastic. And, you know, I just I, I think this is something worth all sticking together for and being an ally of because it's a really positive thing. And who knew football could even get bigger than it is? Well, let's involve the women because they're good. And there's a lot of people here involved who are creating things and giving a lot of people opportunities and creating just wealth. And I don't just mean money wealth, but wealth in terms of happiness, culture, and accessibility to sport and joy and fandom. I mean, everyone wants that, right? So this is, this is where I'll, uh, I'll finish this, this today. And I'll do another one of these tomorrow and all the rest of the days this week as I'm attending this because I'm actually doing a master's course in coaches education. I'm getting a master's degree in that. And uh, this is part of my curriculum to basically sit in and enjoy watching all these. Jose Mourinho will be on later this week. So I will absolutely 100% report that one to all of you. This is Campfire Football. Have a great Monday evening.